0: Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. His name, he said, I'm going away, but I'm going to give you my name, and whatever you need, and when you pray to the Father, just pray it in my name. Isn't that good news? I'm leaving just his name alone is going to make things happen. You ever go to a restaurant or something? They tell you just use my name, and you'll, you'll get in. Amen. Just use use my name. Amen. You know, when I was a little boy, uh, I used to watch Captain Kangaroo. Remember that show? And they used to sell Buster Brown shoes. You remember that? My mom always wanted me to have good shoes. I guess she was from a poor family, and the the brothers, their shoes, their their feet went haywire. And so, uh, (laughs) so I'm watching Captain Kangaroo. He says, get the Buster Brown shoes and tell them Captain Kangaroo sent you. So, I didn't say anything for a few times, and then one time I said, you know, Captain Kangaroo sent me. He just looked at me like, and? (laughs) You know, like, you don't get a discount for that, you know? If I said, in the name of Jesus, he sent me. Okay, well, let's let's change it. Amen. Praise God. (laughs) Use the name of the Lord. Praise God. Father, we just thank you that as we come before you today, thank you that you left us with your name, your precious Holy Spirit, just to guide and direct us. We ask you to guide and direct us during this service to the glory of God in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to talk to you about something that's really near and dear to me in my heart and in my Christian walk, which I had to develop and to learn how to seek and save those that were lost. Amen. You had to learn. When I first got saved, I was just so happy that I was saved. Oh, this is so wonderful. God is so good. He touched me. He moved me. He changed me. He, He attacked me. He 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 uh, possessed me, if I could say it that way. He was just waiting for me uh, for a long time when I was busy doing my own thing and not really paying attention to him. He finally waited to, I was at my wits end. You ever been at your wits end? Your life is just not going anywhere. You have to stop and say, okay, Lord, I surrender. I give my life to you. And then he came in and he touched me. You remember that? I'm looking for Ron. <laughs> Where did Ron go? <laughs> We're going to have to play that song in a little bit, but there's... That song, I have a hard time singing it. You know, I only know certain songs and certain keys. I don't know what they are, but that was that one I, I don't know how to, how to say or sing. But he touched me. Do you remember when he touched you? Do you remember? You need a touch from heaven. You need him to come and, and arrest you and apprehend you and, and bring you into his family. And it's a spiritual thing. You know, you, like I was saying, you can preach all you want, but then you need to know the Lord is working in your behalf. It's like the Apostle Paul said in Philippians 3.12. He says, not as though I have already attained, either were already made perfect in this goal of being Christ-like, but I follow after that I may apprehend that which has apprehended me. What is he talking about? I apprehend that which has apprehended me. Jesus came and he grabbed you and he talked to you and he showed you uh, what he wanted for you. And then he walks away and then you have to go run after him. I apprehended that which has apprehended me. Paul got knocked down, not on his horse. He just got knocked down. There's no horse in this story. <laughs> it was it was recorded three times, and all three times, it doesn't mention a horse. In fact, they said after he was knocked down, they led him by the hand. And I was researching that, and I found out that there was, they didn't use horse for transportation. They used them for work and for war. So he he wasn't knocked down off his horse. That's inconsequential, but all the pictures show him not being knocked down on the horse. So you come to New Heart and you get the, the real deal. Okay, praise the Lord. <laughs> so it, it's kind of like tag. You're it. You ever play tag? You're it? Jesus come and touch you. I want to show you. I'm, I'm, I'm. Taste and see that the Lord is good. And then, oh, that is beautiful. So then what do you do? You surround yourself with Christian friends. You go to a Christian church, a good, strong Christian church. I know I asked the Lord, Lord, send me to a church that, you know, I can be fed. And so I went to a church, and I said, that's really nice. I felt the presence of the Lord. And I said, well, I'll, I'll come back. And so I waited about a month, and somehow sin tried to creep in in my life. You ever been there? You ever missed church for more than two or three Sundays? Things, you feel dry, you feel like temptation is coming upon you. So I said, Lord, okay, Lord, um, I need to go back to a church, but show me a church that you want me to go to. And he very sternly said, I, you asked me for a church. I showed you a church. What do you need to look around for? Stern. I mean, like, listen, I got this all planned out because I prepared you, your gifts, your talents, your abilities to fit into this church. What do you need to go look around for? That's the first. That's a. That's the one time that he was very stern with me. You know Moses. You know he he was going to kill Moses on the roadside. Do you know that story? Yeah, he didn't circumcise his son, and he was going to go tell Pharaoh. uh, You know um, that the angel, the death angel, is going to come and kill the firstborn. And God said, "Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. You're not even obeying me." And he had him, and he was. they they said some kind of sickness came upon him, and the Lord was going to kill him. What up with that? And Moses' wife, Zephora, had to circumcise the boy through the, the bloody elements in front of Moses and said, there, you bloody man, because she didn't want his, her son to be circumcised. So I said all that to say, you know what? <laughs> God's not messing around. Amen? He has a place for us. He has a purpose for us, and he wants us to do those things that are pleasing in his sight. So when I found out How the Lord, how great the Lord was, how loving He was, how compassionate He was, how much He loved me, and the spirit that I felt when He touched me, well, I I looked everywhere. I I looked, you know, in the Bible for His nature, His love, and what He expects of me. And so, 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 uh, Paul had a, a what they call a Damascus Road conversion. And so, I've heard a lot of women that are married say, Lord. Just strike my husband down, okay? Give him a Damascus Road experience, you know? Knock some sense into him, amen? (laughs) And sometimes it works, okay? I don't recommend that, but that's uh, kind of... Let's look at the story in Acts 9, 3 through 6. (laughs) As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground. No horse in that story. And he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Why did he say that, me? He wasn't persecuting Jesus, but Jesus is the head of the church, and when you have done it to the least of these, you've done it unto me. When I gave that lady some money, I was giving it unto Jesus, and I was saying the same thing. I said, Lord, I'm giving it as unto you, as unto the Lord. Record that, please. (laughs) You ever talk to the Lord that way? Sure, why not? He said, uh, Lord, he, he said, "Who are you, Lord?" And I thought that was interesting. How did he know it was the Lord? Because he touched him. He saw. He got something on the inside of him, and, and just like when the, Jesus called his disciples, he's follow me. They they could have said, "What do you mean, follow you? Who are you, the Lord?" When the Lord grabs you and touches you, you follow him. Amen. This is the Peter said. You have the words of life. You have the life. Eternal on the inside of you. I want that life. When I first got saved, there was this lady that was ministering to me, and she was so sweet and so kind. I said, I want to be just like her. Not, you know, <laughs> in the inside is what I meant. You know, that spirit that you have, I want that to be with me. Amen. Amen. So the Lord touched his heart deep down, and uh, he got Saul's attention. So he trembling said this. In verse 6, Lord, what do you want me to do? This is the question that we have to ask the Lord all the time. Lord, what do you want me to do? When you wake up, Lord, guide and direct me. What do you want me to do in my life? How can I help? How can I be of service? Praise the Lord. So he said, the Lord said to him, arise and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. My first thought is, well, just tell me, what do you mean? I got why? we're talking now, what do you mean go, tell, go meet somebody else, go into the city? Can't you just tell me right now? You ever have people do that to you? <laughs> I want to talk to you later. Well, tell me, tell me what it is now. I don't want to wait. But God wants to use the multitude of people to help one another. And Cornelius was waiting for him, and God talked to him and shared him. You know, there's people that are around you that can help you and and minister to you and and bring you to the place where you need to be in the Lord. You're not an island. You're not isolated. You're not a private, you know, uh, person, but you belong to a body of Christ. Amen? Amen. So here's what he said uh, in another place, Mark 16, 15 through 16. says, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. So I was excited. I wanted to go, I wanted to tell everybody about the Lord, and I couldn't understand why everybody didn't understand it. Have you been that way? I went to my softball team. I go, man, I just met the Lord. Oh, it's a wonderful feeling. Okay, well, we'll wait and see how long that lasts. I go, what do you mean? This is forever. What are you talking about? Well, we'll just wait and see. I go, well, 40 years later, you can still, if you're still waiting, I'm still going. Amen? But I didn't do it wholeheartedly as I should. Why? Because I didn't see that second part, which says, they that don't believe will be condemned. Ouch. Who wants to be condemned? Not I. (laughs) And I can remember. You know how my whole life changed in evangelism? Oh, Pastor Jack, okay. <laughs> I'm trying to help you, you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm at church, I mean, at a church office, and this senior saint, she must have been like 75 years old, and she comes running in, and she already was sold out to the Lord. On her birthday, let me tell you, on her birthday, she made 20 dinners and went to Skid Row and passed them out to the people that didn't have any food. On her birthday... On top of that, one guy didn't get a a meal. So what do you think she did? Went all the way back home to Pasadena, made a meal, and came back and fed him on her birthday. So she's pretty sold out. But she came running into the office, Pastor, you got to listen to this tape. This woman went to hell, and i got to tell you exactly what this is all about. It's amazing. And, you know, You can believe it or not believe it, whether she did or she didn't. You know, there's a lot of stories out there. But let's go to the Bible and find out what the Bible says, and let's see if it coincides with what she's saying. It says in Mark 8, verse 12, but the sons of the kingdom of Satan will be cast out into outer darkness, and there will be, what, weeping and gnashing of teeth. Come on, talk to me. what kind of place is this outer darkness you can't see. you ever wake up in the middle of the night sometimes and you can't see you're you're stumbling around you know, you don't know where things are oh you, you bump something oh i didn't i forgot to put that there this is outer darkness where you can't see you can't even see past your, your hand Darkness, you, can't, you, you, you don't get your bearing. You're just lost. And then there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. And she was saying, there's mourning, there's crying. There's people, you know, saying, Lord, I want to get out of this. This torment is too much for me to bear. There's fire. Let's look at Mark nine forty-six. It says, where the worm dies not and the fire is not quenched. There's fire. You're burning. There's flame. There's heat. It's hot. And you can't get out how you can't redo it, you can't repent, you can't change, you've already made your decision, you rejected the Lord, and now you're in hell forever, eternity, never to get out? Oh, I don't want that. I don't want that for me or anybody else. So that's why my life changed. I said I have got to tell the people that they can avoid hell and gain heaven. So wherever I go, wherever I go, Embarrassing or not, sometimes I go out with my family, and we have a waiter or a waitress. I can't stop telling them about Lord, I, I, the Lord. I said, "Are you a Christian? Uh, let me ask you a question. If you died today, would you go to heaven?" Oh no, they say, "You know, we're eating, Dad. Yeah, come on." <laughs> I go, "This is important." Yeah. You know, I said, "When's your break? Can I go out and pray with you?" Sure, yeah. go out and pray. I can't stop telling people about the Lord. Why? I don't want them to go to hell. And what did Jesus said? He said, I come to save, to seek and save those that were lost. You got to go out and seek them. You got to go find them. You got to look for them. Look for the time that Jesus said the harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few. Are you want to be a laborer? You want to work for him? Because if you work for him, he'll, he'll take care of you. Did you know that? If you don't know that, I'm here to tell you, okay? So all of a sudden, I had a sense of urgency. I had more passion. I had more motivation. I'm working for the Lord. I'm doing what he's done. He said, I've come to save, to seek and save those that were lost. Praise the Lord. Now, okay, so let's do a recap on what hell is like, and then we're going to get into a little happier subject. Okay, slide 68. What is hell like? It's outer darkness, weeping and gnashing of teeth, a fire that is never quenched. Worms. Do you like, you like worms? Little kids like worms, but I wouldn't like worms eating in me, would you? You're tormented for eternity. You can't turn back. You know, in hell, people are saying, okay, Lord, I repent. I repent. I'm ready to preach the gospel now. I'm ready to do what you want me to do. It's too late. We only have this time to make a decision. The Bible says, It is appointed unto man once to die, and then the judgment. Amen. So we need to seek and save those that were lost. And it's funny because the devil blinds people's eyes. They say, "Well, I'll just I'll just talk to the Lord when I get there and tell him, you know, my good points, my bad points. Try to reason with him." (laughs) Or some people say, "Well, I'll just party with my friends in hell." Right? You've heard that, right? There's no partying. There's torment. You know, uh, the story about the, there was a, um, a rich man and a beggar, and the beggar was not getting any food from this rich man. And so the rich man died and went to hell. And so what did he say? He said, Lord, have Lazarus just tip, uh, touch me with a, some water on the tip of my tongue to relieve me of this torment. I can't take it anymore. Crying, weeping asking the Lord to get them out of this hell. And the compassion of the Lord doesn't apply to hell. You're, you're stuck there. You're there forever, for never to get out, never to change. And it, it, just, it just touches me. And so I have a friend here, uh, Bob Lopez. He has that same desire. He has that same um, uh, urgency to want to reach out to those that need to know the Lord. So he had a cousin He got word, he got news that his cousin had cancer. And so, come on, Bob, tell us what what you did.
1: Okay, I hope everybody hears me. Uh, But this started on Wednesday night, we have prayer meeting, and we have Bible study, and we really feel the anointing and the presence of the Holy Spirit, and sometimes we give testimonies. And I shared this one testimony about a rebellious cousin that I love dearly. Uh, well, many years went by that I had not seen or heard from him. My brother called me up. He says, go and see the cousin, Cousin Ernie. He says, he has stomach cancer, and he's dying. So I called immediately as far as I could, and, and I made an appointment. I said, uh, Cousin, I want to go there. And, uh, you know, I shared the gospel, but they're rebellious. So anyway, I go to his home, and I told him about the plan of salvation, of being saved, being born again. Anyway, uh, we prayed the sinner's prayer, you know, Romans 10, 9 and 10, whatever, and uh, he accepted the Lord, but when he accepted it, he didn't hesitate one moment, and he said, yeah, I'll accept it. So we prayed the sinner's prayer. About two weeks later, uh, he had passed away. Uh, You know, when you go to see, uh, 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 where do you go, when you get together, the family, and you see open casket, you see him and that. Okay, so this was on a Sunday night when there's probably 40, 50 people or more. And anyway, I went up there, and I stand right next to the casket, and I'm looking right down on his face. Okay? Uh, So... The following would be Monday morning, we would go to church, have a service, and then we would have a burial site. Okay, this was Sunday night, when we went to see the the body. And anyway, Monday morning, 3.41 a.m., I had this clear vision as of the night before I'm looking down at his, uh, his face. And as I'm looking down in this vision, the Holy Spirit says to me, Nevertheless, he's with me. The nevertheless, that I was seeing the corpse. Think about it. The Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And I think about uh, for the uh, book of Hebrews, the very first chapter, about the fourth, fifth verse. It says this. By his blood, he has purged us from our sins. And I thank God, you know, I went and God directed me, and confirming to me that when we speak the Word of God, it's not in vain. Right. You know, that we really believe that God came to seek and to find that which was lost. Amen. And the, the pastor wanted me to share this with you. Amen. And I just thank God for this. Amen.
0: <laughs> Beautifully done. Now, now, let me ask you, do you think... That his cousin is going to thank him for eternity, for doing that in heaven, to avoid hell. Praise the Lord. Now, let me show you another scripture in Matthew 9, 10 through 13. This is very interesting. Now, Jesus was with his disciples, and it happened as Jesus sat at the table in the house that many tax collectors and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. And so, our natural reaction is, listen, this is... This is the master. This is the king of glory. What what are you sinners and tax collectors doing here, right? Please, step aside. No, he didn't say that. But the Pharisees did. They saw it, and they said to his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? Why is Jesus hanging around and being with these people that are ungodly? Well, he didn't go to them. They came to him. You know, a lot of people say, well, I I just, I I visit the bars, I like to be a light, you know, go to speakeasies and just try to tell people about the Lord. No, you're on the wrong ground there. (laughs) You have to let uh, them come to you. You can be a light wherever you are, but you don't have to go to their territory. But look at what Jesus said. Now, this this is amazing. He goes in verse 12, he says, when Jesus heard that, he said to them, those who are sick, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. And then he says something, and it just just floored me. He said, but go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Look at that verse, those words. Go and learn what this means. And I always wanted to know what kind of tone the Lord would speak to somebody. If it was us, you know, our not very gracious way, we'd say, haven't you read in the Bible? You know, I'll have mercy instead of sacrifice. Go, go read your Bible. You know, you're, you're bothering me with this, okay? You should know this, okay? How long have you been a Christian? <laughs> Do we talk like that? I got one honest person here. <laughs> I always wanted to know what the tone was, how he said to them. But go and learn. He probably said it softly, more softly than we would, right? Let me invite you to go and learn why I'm here. I came to have mercy. I give mercy, right? And what does it say? Mercy and not sacrifice. Are you a merciful person among people that are around you? Are you judgmental? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Have the mercy. Like Bob could have got mad at his cousin and said, you know what? I'm tired of talking to you. You know? How many times have I told you? You know, Jesus died for you. What you holding back for? You know, we've got relatives that 30 years, 30, 40 years haven't accepted the Lord. I keep telling them over and over again, but in a calm, beautiful way, as if Jesus is inviting them. And it's going to stick. It's going to hit them eventually, sometimes. So we have to be uh, patient with them. Praise the Lord. Amen. Now, let's, like I said, I was going to get into some happy times, all right? <laughs> so let's avoid hell. Are, are you encouraged to go out and reach and touch somebody to keep them out of hell? Yes? yes? Yeah. Can I say it in a nice, gracious way? What, are you, what else are you doing? <laughs> are you too busy with yourself that you can't reach out? The Bible says, go ye yeah, into all the world, and you can translate that also, in the world that you are as you go, talk to people as you go. And keep your spiritual antennas up to see those that need to know the Lord. Amen? You got to have a little bit of an urgency in your heart and in your life to want to reach out to those. So let's look at, So if you can go do that, look what awaits you in John 14, 1 through 3. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. But I go to prepare a place for you, that where I am, there you may be also. Jesus was telling it just the way it is. Don't be troubled. Don't be uh, discomforted. I'm going away, but I'm going to prepare a place for you, a mansion in heaven. I don't mean a little apartment. I don't mean a little condo. I don't mean like a a house at the end of the cul-de-sac. I'm talking mansion in the sky. Hallelujah. My wife and I, we go into the hills. We see all these beautiful homes, the big spreads they have, the grass, the statues, all these things. I say, this is so beautiful. Oh, I wish I had that. And I tell my wife, we're going to have that. When we get to heaven, we're going to see that. He gives you the desires of your heart. And he gives you the things that you like and dislike. We have some people, I don't know if you know any people like this, but they complain about Everything. Too hot, too cold. Wish they'd do that. Why don't, Why is this on the menu? How that? What you should have done, pastor. Oh, you could have. When you get to heaven, everything's going to be perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever you desire. You want diamond doorknobs? You got it, okay? You want a pearl ceiling? You got it. You got sapphire on the floor? Whatever you like. God said, I'm, pre- I'm preparing a place for you. Yeah. Amen. He says he gives us (laughs) exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. Eye has not seen nor ear heard all the wonderful things that he's prepared for those that love him. This is so exciting to me. God knows you so well. He knows the pain that you've been through. And he wants to reward you for what you're going through because of what you're going through. But you still are doing what he said to do. Save and seek those that are lost. Praise the Lord. Lord. And then so uh, the, the final thing about this. Is he said, "I'll receive you to myself." It's not like a a cattle call, you know. Where okay, everybody, we're we're sending another load up. Come on, we're we're going to heaven, and we all stampede. You know how it is when you have a a sale and everybody's running and knocking everybody over. (laughs) <laughs> I went to a, a concert one time, and they were standing at the door, the glass door. Everybody's really calm. they everybody, oh, yeah, this is going to be great. It's going to be fantastic. And, and we're waiting for them to open the doors. And as soon as they open the doors, oh, my Lord It's like stamp. I mean, if I hadn't gotten out of the way, I would have been stamped, uh, 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 stampeded. Amen? <laughs> I, they, they didn't care about me. They didn't care, you know, about anything. They just wanted to get to their seat. It's not like that in heaven. Jesus, I'll receive you to myself. I'm going to look you in the eye. I'm going to thank you for doing what you've done. I'm going to bring you into my fellowship. Let me show you around. How wonderful is that? Amen? Amen. just take a moment and just thank the Lord for that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father, that you have a place prepared for us, a mansion in the sky, that we can be with you. Not so much the mansion, but to be with you is even more great and wonderful than we ever could have imagined. We thank you, Lord, that you touch us. You touch us with an everlasting touch. Ron's going to sing that song right now. And let the Lord touch you.
1: He touched me. Oh, he touched me. Oh, the joy that flies so something happened, and now I know he touched me and made me whole. He touched me. Me and oh, the joy that floods my soul. Something happened, and now I know he touched me and made.
0: And he touched
1: me Oh He touched me He touched me Oh the joy that floods my soul Something happened And now I know He touched me And the grace that made me whole.
0: Amen. Amen. So if you're here today, you know, and you need him to touch you, just reach up with your heart. Say, Lord, touch me. Come, bring me into your fellowship. Bring me into your family. Bring me into your grace and mercy. Thank you for it, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Thank you that you're touching people. To the glory of God in the name of Jesus we're going to receive communion right now the Lord came down from heaven and he said I'm going to do this through my son Jesus said Lord if there's any other way can we do that but he said nevertheless not my will be done but yours be done he offered himself on the cross gave his blood as a sacrifice so that we could be with him forever in heaven Father, I thank you that as we take these elements, you said to, as we do this, do it in remembrance of you. So we remember you, Lord, that you came and you touched us with your sacrifice. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: body, one cup, one body. Lord Jesus Christ, I humbly pray that we The
0: I sense this is is a solemn moment as we remember the Lord. He said, as oft as you do it, do it in remembrance of me. So, Father, we take the bread, symbolizing your body that was given to us. We take and eat. You can almost envision Jesus being around the disciples at the table at the last supper saying holding up some wine and saying this represents my blood that's going to be shed for you that you'll have a new covenant it won't be like the old covenant it'll be a better covenant a covenant where you have free access to the Father in my name and by the blood of Jesus all your sins are washed away take and drink of the cup." Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Can you imagine all your sins are washed away? Who else could do that? All your sins, all your misgivings, all your shortcomings, completely, totally washed away. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your good.